It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Heat were playing the second game of back-to-back set, taking on the Portland Trailblazers in a game that was expected to have much more significance after an off-season pursuit of Damian Lillard. The Blazers were energized, and Miami was flat early on, losing by as much as 15 at one point, but they clawed their way back, led by the return of Jimmy Butler and Terry Rozier, and wound up beating the Blazers easily, their fifth straight win, and continuing to climb the standings of the Eastern Conference. We break down an amazing comeback win on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucanheat.com. Joining me as always, it's longtime NBA reporter David Rommel. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat. Your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Recording this late Tuesday night on the second night of a back-to-back, David. I feel like I have not slept in 48 hours. The Heat go into Portland. They beat the Blazers 106-96. to They come back. From down, what was it, twenty points in the in the first half? They come back all the way, um, make it a tight game, give up just forty points to the Blazers uh, in total in the second half. Storm back, win the game. They win their fifth straight game, and over these last forty-eight hours, the Heat have gone from seventh in the East to fifth. We're gonna hand out credit cookies in a bit. We're also gonna get to Blazers pettiness mm-hmm. later in the show. But David, what was your takeaway from this one? Well, you know, these uh, West Coast games are a lot more fun when Miami's winning. They've got one more, obviously, when they take on the defending champions in Denver. But, you know, I, I you know, I like to keep my notes during the game. And so I, I whipped out my, my trusty Moleskin notebook. You know, oh. I've been I've been jotting notes in that all season long. And, you know, this is basically what I came up with. The Heat have enough. 
The Heat have enough. Heat culture, let's go Heat, baby. That's what this game was. It's all about showing the Portland Trailblazers that they're going to continue rebuilding for quite some time. And Miami, with Jimmy Butler back in the fold after a one-game suspension, looked incredible. Early on in the game, you could tell he was setting the table for everybody else, Mm -hmm. kind of being a little passive, Mm -hmm. but making plays for everybody, and then just kind of took the measure of the game as he has so often during his Heat tenure and just said, you know what? I could take over this game, and he did, and he absolutely inspired the rest of the team, and it led to an incredible comeback, uh, just a, a really thrilling game for them yeah. because, you know, to be able to go down that much, and you could tell that there was a lot at stake for the Portland Trailblazers. They've lost, what, is eight straight now? Yeah. They're in a bad spot, obviously. They've been rebuilding. Nine even, straight now. Because nine straight, like obviously, eight, eight after this loss. The the game, yeah. yeah, and then, you know, uh, DeAndre Ayton started off the game really well. Uh, you know, yeah. his, his size around the rim was a problem for Bam, who clearly looked a little tired, a little gas. That's a light's nice big performance against the Sacramento Kings. And then he goes down in a heap, and they kind of they, they, he hurt his hand and a fall against uh, Kevin Love, who twisted his ankle on the same fall. But it seemed like, you know, Portland might be able to continue that energy and carry it through to an easy win for them. And that, unfortunately for them, Miami just said, you know what? No, we're actually a much better team than all of this. And Jimmy Butler carried the team inspired the other players, and it was just a fantastic performance all around. Yeah, to go back to your Jimmy Butler point, he didn't take this game seriously until he did. And then once he (laughs) did, he took it really serious. Like, that first quarter, you mentioned that he was passive. I think you're being nice. He just wasn't in it. And and I tweeted this, and I was like, for somebody who's played 27 minutes of basketball over the last three weeks, you feel like he would be able to play a little bit with a little bit more energy. And then I kind of joked, like, the coffee kicked in in that second quarter because – he comes out, and I don't know if somebody said something or if he looked at the score and he was like, enough of this. Maybe more the latter. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We don't need to guess. But he comes out, and he he, he hits the Trailblazers with the spin-move drive. When he, when, he, when he makes that spin-move baseline, that is a playoff move for Jimmy Butler. That's when he's going with the first step, full steam ahead, driving, and not driving to create contact and just get to the line, as he so often right. does sort of in the regular season. But just driving to score, just driving to go go up and get a bucket. And he did it once, and he did it twice. Uh, and then he he found somebody with uh uh I think he got Nico with the with for a three pointer um yeah. on the next play. And then next thing you know, the Heat are, are going on a run and they're getting back into this game and they got it back to single digits a couple times, and then they end up going down at halftime by 10, 56 to 46. And then in the third quarter, they make that big run. Jimmy Butler was just as good in the in the third quarter as he was in the second quarter. Big minutes from Nikola Jovic, big minutes from Duncan Robinson. We're going to talk about them when we get to credit cookies. But my takeaway, other than the Jimmy Butler part of this, who has been playing uh, his best basketball of the season during the stretch in the games that he's actually been playing, 22 points, nine assists, and four rebounds for him. He's scored now, what is it, in eight of the last nine games. I think I have this right without looking it up. Eight of the last nine games, he's scored at least 20 points. In the one game where he didn't, it was the 17, 11, 17 point, 11 rebound, 11 assists, triple double. He's playing great. He had four steals in this game. Defensively, he's ratcheted up the intensity on that end as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anything else on Jimmy Butler before I get to my next take? No, I just think between all, everything was kind of just like this perfect storm against Miami, really, because they were starting their 31st lineup. They're welcoming back mm. both Jimmy and Terry Rozier, who had been off. Rozier obviously has missed fourth game, four games, but that was going even prior to the All-Star break. Jimmy had missed, basically only played a few minutes in the New Orleans game, as you referenced. 
uh, after the All-Star break. So he's been off. It was a little shaky. Duncan Robinson in the starting lineup. So it was their 31st starting lineup. Bam, clearly tired. And they were really disconnected. Like, you could tell yeah. they just didn't have any kind of sense of comfort in terms of like it how looked, it looked like another. seven game losing streak Miami in that first yeah, quarter yeah. it really did and a lot of and bad it just amazing. and the same thing that got Miami out of that in the in a bigger like a macro view is yes. what got him out of it in the micro view was just Jimmy Butler saying you know what enough taking over it's time yeah. to ramp up into playoff form the other my yeah. other take from this game is that Miami has fixed its point guard position it was mm. It's amazing to think what this organization has done from where they were at that point guard spot before the season to where they are now. And this is not right. even an anti-Kyle Lowry thing, but the Kyle Lowry at 37 years old, it just, it, 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 it yeah, it, we got as far as we could with that. Um, Drew Smith, after getting hurt for the rest of the season in the eighth game, and I don't know that that was really a viable backup option anyway. They were kind right. of playing Josh Richardson as a pseudo backup point guard, Tyler Hero running right. a lot of offense and stuff. But to go from that, situation to now having Terry Rozier and Delon Wright and all it cost you was Kyle Lowry's expiring contract on a first round pick yeah. is remarkable. And these are the kind of point guards that the Heat need now. Terry Rozier hitting uh in that fourth quarter a step back three pointer, a pullback yeah. jumper over Jeremy Grant, and then a fadeaway, a spinning fadeaway jumper later in the quarter for some of the biggest baskets of this game. He's starting to come along now. Yes. for Miami, right? And I know he missed a few games, but he's now back in the starting lineup, right back in it. As soon as he can come back, he's playing well. Uh, he's ex with, with that shot, that individual shot creation was obviously not something Lowry was able to give them at that position. And now they have it in bunches from Terry Rozier. He's, he's capable of just taking over a quarter like that. And then from DeLon Wright, you have the guy who's just a responsible ball handler, doesn't turn the ball over, gets guy His entry passes into Jimmy and into Bam were huge in this game. And then defensively, yeah. he's fighting over these screens, chasing Anthony Simons all around the, the, the court. I thought he's been awesome these last couple games for Miami. Yep. They, this is exactly what Miami needs from their point guard spot. They fixed the position. And weirdly, I know it was a little rough for Rozier at first, but right. now that he's got his footing and DeLon Wright seems like a seamless fit, like we got what twenty. It's a position games of strength left? all of a sudden. And now yeah. it's a position of strength with twenty four games left. It's it's a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, they they both provide their own unique combination uh, of talents to yeah. add to what Miami already had on the roster. But between Terry's ability to press the rim and and attack, and he looked really comfortable out there. You mentioned the jump shot, but I mean, he he was taking those. He's never been shy, right? He's never been lacking in confidence. He's taking those jumpers. He was taking those jumpers, but they weren't falling when he first came in here. And, and you and I have theorized, and he hasn't really talked about, but just the understanding that you're playing for something more. Maybe that pressure was probably eating at him to a certain degree because, you know, you can be as carefree as you want to in Charlotte, knowing you're probably not going to win a yeah. game and you're not playing for anything anyway, but you come here, you're acquired. You trade specifically for you that adds a degree of and pressure. also trying and to it, like learn what your new yes. teammates want to do sure. while also trying to play your game and also make right. sure there was and learn a new playbook and the terminology that Miami uses and his yeah. own defense and all these right. things. It was just a lot. Yeah, and but he mentioned even after the game when he was asked by the broadcasting crew, you know, like what it's like, and he mentioned he referenced the same thing. It's like we're playing for something. He understands that now, but he also seemed much more comfortable. I'm not sure if it was the time yeah. off, maybe going on the road with his team. Those are bonding experiences, and they're winning, and there's just good vibes, and you can feel it. Like he even talked about it himself, and I think it's just a, a positive turn in the season that had looked very bleak not that long ago, and now all of a sudden Miami is absolutely trending in the right direction as they near the playoffs. Credit Cookies is next. Mm.
Today's episode of Locked On Heat is brought to you by BetterHelp. Listen, BetterHelp is the option for you. Everybody has something that they're they're thinking about or going through, and maybe it's getting to the point where you're just, you know, you want to talk to somebody about it. You need to get something off your chest, whether it's big or small, it's eating at you, and you just feel like the need to, to talk to somebody about it. Well, if you're thinking about doing that and you're thinking about trying therapy, then BetterHelp is the option. Again, BetterHelp is the option for you. Therapy could be different for everybody, but you, you seek out a therapist, you, you go online, fill out a questionnaire and you're matched up with a therapist. It's all convenient. It's all online and it fits your schedule and you can change therapists at, at as easily as you set one up. If for whatever reason you need to make a switch, you just want to try somebody different. You want a different voice or maybe your schedule changes and you want to try a different therapist. BetterHelp can accommodate you as easily as they set you up in the first place. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited again to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp dot com slash lockdown ba to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash lockdown nba today's episode is also brought to you by stitch fix you know what that instant confidence boost you get from an outfit that makes you look really good that's what you get with stitch fix with stitch fix you get a stylist who understands your style size and budget and they do all the shopping for you it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe your wardrobe this season uh, easily upgrade your wardrobe this year with a professional stylist that helps you find new on-trend favorites that will work for you so you don't have to do the shopping. They do it for you. Just give your stylist your size, style, and budget preferences. Order boxes when you want, how you want, no subscription required, and they send five just-for-you pieces picked out just for you based on your preferences. They give you outfit recommendations, pro styling advice. You keep what works. You send back the rest. And you, if you don't love something, like I said, you just send it back. The shipping, the returns, the exchanges are always free. Style that makes you feel as good as you look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash locked on. That's stitchfix.com slash locked on. Stitchfix.com slash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. David Portland Trailblazers fans. Had some fun with us and our show mm. in a video that was on their Reddit page. We'll get to that later on. Mm. We'll get to whether or not the Heat actually won the Damian Lillard trade later on. But right now, it's another Heat win, which means it's time to get in the cookie for the tastiest segment of Locked On Heat. What did I say? Get in the cookie? Get in the kitchen for the tastiest the segment of Locked On Heat. It's time. Get in the cookie. Up. Why not? <laughs> it's it's been, late. It's late nights. It's been two late nights in a row. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Let's hand out some credit cookies. Well, as I cookies. mentioned before, I, you know, you got to start off with Jimmy Butler. Like he was incredible tonight. And I think uh, based on his performance coming back, taking the measure of the game. And, you know, I've said this before about him. He's one of the few players in the league that can afford to kind of just sit back, watch it and see how the, the tempo of the game is going and then imposes will. And he did that tonight. Uh, he gets four cookies, so he gets the most of those. But Terry Rozier's return, an incredible spark. You mentioned the offense. I think he was really sharp all around. 
playmaker, as an offensive player, had some nice defensive possessions as well. I gave him three cookies. I gave two to Duncan because in that third quarter when Miami was down at the half, he comes back and immediately hits two three-pointers and was a real spark. Most of his points came in the second half. He finished with 17 points, four of five from three-point range, continues his hot streak as a starter for the Miami Heat. And the last credit cookie, Niko Jovic. In the first half, he was basically a non-factor whatsoever, to the point where I even theorized to you uh, at halftime that I didn't think he was going to play at all in the th- in the second half. I thought he might be replaced by either Caleb Martin or Haywood Highsmith. Instead, he winds up coming in and piggybacking off of Duncan's three-point shooting yeah. and winds up having a nice game of his own as a good spark. He had some nice rebounds, a couple of good defensive possessions, and again, hit a couple of big three-pointers to help Miami claw their way back into this comeback win, so he gets the last cookie. I want to go back to Duncan Robinson. He makes back-to-back threes to open up the second half, uh, and then oh, Jimmy yeah. Butler gets a steal and a score, and the Heat cut what was a 10-point deficit at half to, to two, two yeah. in 74 seconds. <laughs> and that was because of Duncan Robinson. His energy, that the, the shot-making, and then he had like this kind of slippery layup thing later later yeah. in that quarter. And then at that point, Nikola Jovic gets involved. He's grabbing rebounds, bringing it up the floor. He made a couple of open threes with Portland playing off of him. Um, credit to Terry Rozier for dragging Portland defenders into the paint and then kicking out and finding Nico and him also oh, trusting Jovic. Outlet pass is Nico from Rozier, too. Yeah. It was a beautiful play. Rozier really getting nice. him involved. So you've got all the guys that you gave credit cookies to were the guys who energized the Miami Heat tonight when it looked like there was no energy in that first quarter, right? And so yeah. that's what happens. And the, the Heat needed somebody to step up. Jimmy Butler stepped up in the second quarter. And then when Jimmy Butler wasn't in the game, uh, it was guys like Nico and Duncan and Terry who, and Terry's minutes were mostly staggered with Jimmy tonight. Those yeah. guys were the, were the energy that they needed. Kevin Love, I thought, gave him a lot of good energy in this yes, game for the second straight night. Um, I, you know, if you would have given him a cookie, I wouldn't have complained about it, but right. I, I think you were right. I think four for Jimmy Butler, three for Terry Rozier, two to Duncan and, and, and one cookie to Nico makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that Spo kept Jovic in the game yes. because that, that, that energy, are. yeah, yeah, he is. That energy in the third quarter was really important. Yes. Uh, and, and the size mattered too. I think like he was again, able to leak out, uh, and the transition opportunity Rozier found him for an easy bucket. It was a lob at the rim. And I was a little surprised that he was able to catch it, but he finished it, uh, with authority. And, and I, I think, you know, again, he had those couple of rebounds, the three point shooting. I don't think anybody was expecting that. I, I liked one. He had, he had one shot in the corner against the, uh, the Blazers bench. And after he nailed the three-point shot, he was wide open on that. Nailed the three-point shot, turned over his shoulder, gave him some nice words. I yeah. wonder what it was that he said there because we know that Nico's got a little spark to Stop him. Stop leaving me got... open. That's what he said. We got <laughs> some trash talking from him. We got some yeah. trash talking from Duncan Robinson at the free throw line. I'm, yes. I think he was talking to the other Murray twin or something. I'm not oh, sure who yeah. he was talking to. But, well, he uh, got fouled, right? He, was, he got fouled on a three-point op- uh, opportunity. Yeah. And then Chauncey Billups strangely challenged what was, was an obvious challenge. call. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And, and he wound up taking the three free throws and hitting all of those to help Miami again make their comeback there. And I, then I don't I understand just... those challenges. I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit because Spo, his percentage on challenges is, is really high. His win percentage has been right? great, at least this year. Yeah. Um, And I see this a lot, not just from like guys like Chauncey Billups, but coaches will just challenge something for the heck of it just because like, you know what? Like, uh, this was a momentum play. Like, if there's a chance, right. they might That's reverse it, it. But it's right. so dumb when it's so obvious that it's not, you're not changing. Like, me, 
just call the timeout and keep the challenge. Like if you're trying to stop the momentum of the game in that way, yeah. it's like it doesn't work that like in the NFL, you might challenge a spot of the ball just in case, you know, right. you couldn't see something or the rest didn't see something. But like when the guy just like clearly hits Duncan Robinson's elbow, like what's even the point? And I, I yeah. see this all the time. This is not unique to Chauncey Billups tonight. It's such a weird it's the thing. Momentum Spo doesn't thing. do it. No, no, no. It's, it's a, a momentum thing. Yeah, for Spo, it's like, no, no. This is a firm belief, and obviously he entrusts his staff to be aware of these kind of situations and to monitor that. And you could see him checking with you know, Karan Butler or Quinny sure. and being like, you know, is this is this a call I can win, et cetera. And uh, I, you know what, we should probably ask him about that. Like in the next game that we're covering, I, I wonder because I don't think he's been actually asked about what the thought process is when he goes through these challenges. But I'm I'm curious to hear what makes him so different about it. And look, it's a point of frustration for Heat fans, right? A lot of Heat fans think he should whip out the challenge a lot more readily and a lot more quickly. But you know, he he saves them, and, yeah. and that's you know, it's been a some, concern. Some coaches, I think, are emotional about it. They get ah, like let's just challenge it, and then, and then immediately yeah. they probably. I bet I bet Billups um like was like felt bad about it as soon like probably. I I, I don't know about that. I, as I, soon as I, after I he did, he probably it doesn't seem it. like he really is like really engaged in what's going on in the game. Maybe it's not. not necessarily it's a losing year for them, I yeah, guess. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, challenge What the hell? What maybe I'll win out. You know, maybe I got lucky. Maybe. Um, all right. So we already talked about Terry Rozier, the step back three pointer that he hit in that fourth quarter, just to revisit it. Yeah. It stood out to me as maybe the biggest shot of the game and it's why he needs the credit cookie. And then he, he, he made, he scored five more points after that, uh, yeah. or four more points after that, something like that. And very comfortable, right? Look comfortable. And you just, it is so jarring. When your point guard is hitting step back three pointers, yeah. When your when your point guard wasn't doing anything like that before, no. and I watched the Philadelphia game earlier today, David, mm. and obviously they they lose that game to Boston, um, a game that they were supposed to lose. No Joel Embiid, obviously, but I'm watching Kyle right. Lowry in that game and passing, like getting to the rim, passing up wide open layups, kicking out the shooters who like Tobias Harris missing, you know, easy corner threes and all these things, and it's just like, right. yep, like. I, I really I hate dragging Kyle Lowry right that, but like that's that's his game and it worked for him for a very long time. But now he's 37 years old and he's past his prime and that's okay. But to yeah. go from that to Terry Rozier just being like, all right, I'm gonna step back three pointer, I'm gonna drill this baby when when my team needs a bucket. It's jarring. It's so different and it kind of feels like we finally are in the year of 2024. We're like this team has 2024 basketball, right? And it it was just so different before. It's they're going to be moments, and and sure. I, it's not to temper everything. They're going to be moments when it's going to bite Terry and Miami in the ass because you know you, you don't want him to necessarily be overly aggressive or take those shots. But you know that that's the nature of his game. You have to have that incredible confidence. Like those shots, I'll be honest with you, there were based on what we had seen from him up to this point in a Miami Heat uniform. I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if that's such a good shot, but you know what? When he's comfortable and rhythm and feeling it and and confident the way he is, maybe overly so, why not? Like you need that kind of spark, and and it provides mm -hmm. such a difference. It's such a release valve, especially when Miami's offense tends to stagnate. And the con the contrast between what you just described about Kyle Lowry, it's like no, no, no. We need somebody to kind of alleviate the pressure, not just. I'm going to try to get you a good look by going around in circles and maybe getting to the rim and passing <laughs> right. up a wide open shot and hoping that maybe you can knock down the shot. It's like, that's not going to help. That, that's not what Miami needed. 
there's not a lot of players who perfectly strike that balance of being aggressive and getting their teammates involved. In fact, I would argue that that's maybe one of the rarest traits of any player. And I think about a guy like Jimmy, LeBron James. LeBron, yeah. Jimmy, I would even say, might go too far on the, the side of passive sometimes. In the playoffs, <laughs> in the playoffs he strikes that right. balance. But oh, like, yeah. I, I think about Steph and LeBron. Those are the guys. And now okay. Nikola Jokic. I would put him in that category too. Yes. Where he was a little yes. bit too passive before, but now he's right there. And yes. Joel Embiid is probably starting to get there. But I would say those three guys, they do it better than anybody I've seen in the last 20 years, probably. And and so with that in mind, if you're going to have to pick, okay, either too passive or too aggressive from the point guard position, I'm going too aggressive every single time for the most yeah. part to a point, right? You don't want them to go way too. You don't want them to be like Russell Westbrook with the Lakers. Like that's a little, that's a little too no. much on the spectrum, right? But yeah. it's – I. With, with Rozier, because he's aggressive, he's a threat that defenses have to respect and have to defend. And it got to a point with Lowry and that and what they had at that position in general, where teams weren't defending that position, and it was four on five on every offensive possession in the half court. And now it's not. And now the Heat have threats all over the court between Caleb Martin making their his threes now and Jaime Hakas Jr. kind of getting back into gear and all these yes. things. They have threats all over the court. Bam playing the way he's been playing. So and then obviously Jimmy playing the way he's been playing. So. It's been, it's been, I've loved what I've seen from Terry Rozier. I was never really worried about the shooting percentages. And I think he's going to be huge for the Heat going forward. But did the Heat actually win the Damian Lillard trade? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your car alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply in eBay guaranteed fit. Only available in the U.S. customers. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app we'll be back tomorrow for our everydayers with friend of the show brennan tobin 
He's going to join the show to talk about this Miami Heat five-game win streak, the Heat being fifth in the East, and what we think about the final stretch going into the playoffs and what we think about the Heat going into Portland and beating Joe Cronin's Blazers. After a summer that pinned both fan bases against each other over a trade that never happened, and, and David, we've talked about this a lot over the summer, in a way that I've never seen two fan bases go at each other yeah. over something that wasn't game-related, over a trade that literally never happened. And Portland fans, judging their haul that they got for Damian Lillard against a hypothetical offer that was never actually even made because their general manager wouldn't return the phone, call, phone calls of the Miami Heat's front office. And so Blazers fans would have been happy if they got a bag of Cheetos from Milwaukee for Damian Lillard, just because it wasn't what Miami was hypothetically potentially maybe offering. And so I just thought the whole conversation was weird. I tried to stay out of it as much as I could. And yet it was front and center ahead of this Portland game. It was a thing that was all over the internet of Blazers fans cracking jokes. And they even made fun of us uh, in a video made for like Blazers Reddit. Okay, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, here as always with David Lamell. However you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. LockedOnPrizePix.com. We're at the point where Blazers general manager Joe Cronin is out here saying that he's going to do what's best for the team in terms of a trade. Woj on Sunday reported that Cronin will not work to trade Lillard specifically to Miami and that he's looking for a superstar package. So that's where we're at as of Sunday evening. Now that we're in the negotiation stage of the trade request, what do you make of Joe Cronin's public posture? Oh, I think he's full of shit. I think he is absolutely just trying to do what's necessary to save face. I think he's trying to keep he's So I don't know I don't know what that is. I don't get it. I, I I guess Blazers fans are saying that their heads are going to explode if they listen to Locked On Heat and, and they listen to Heat fans. I I don't understand. For people that. listening on the podcast and they haven't seen a video, you should check it out on YouTube. You should all be We tweeted it out on, on the Locked On Heat account yes. also. Yeah. It is it, it, interesting. Uh, splice footage of the movie Nope and also Mars Attacks, both of which use And then our audio superimposed onto that a took work. camera. That took time. I'm honestly like, impressed. It was yes. well done. <laughs> it was well done. Spielberg, Spielberg. It was the best thing that it's, it's the best thing anybody in Portland has done in regards to the Blazers in a few months now. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't get it. We also get um, friend of the show Sean Hyken saying this uh. on Twitter. A lot of empty seats tonight. Surprising for Dame's first game back at Portland with his new team. And in parentheses, I haven't followed any NBA news since July, but I'm just assuming that he got traded to Miami since it was treated as an in. in inevitability all summer so sean hyken our friend sean hyken taking <laughs> shots i get it you know you got a brand you got to do it but yeah. i just play to the crowd yeah man i just i don't know what did you make of the the, the pettiness from blazers fans and and maybe even uh, Heat fans during this whole, this I, whole I still don't understand um you know i think our point was that miami miami's assets were a lot better like i know there's they're still ridiculing 
us for saying that Nikola Jovic is going to be a good player. And, you know, there's like, oh, Nikola Jovic, future MVP. Can't wait to see him in Portland, et cetera. Like, you know, <laughs> he had some big shots tonight. So maybe you shouldn't <laughs> he talk should. so much crap about it. Um, open. Obviously, they didn't do their scouting yeah. work on him. I mean, I don't know if Jaime was available in that trade. I don't know if he eventually would have been included or right. not. You know, Tyler, again, was dragged through the mud. Uh, you, you talked about it. You wrote about it for the ringer, like the, uh, the difficult summer for him of being included in that trade. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like everything that we had talked about as far as what Miami could potentially offer, it was a good deal for Portland. At least that's what we thought. Uh, Portland did not. And I don't, I you know, I understand they were in their feelings. They're losing their franchise player. I don't, can't imagine what it would have been like, say, in, I don't know, 2009, let's say, at that point in time. And Dwayne had not won a championship in 2006 and hadn't built that kind of equity with the fan base and franchise and had been like, you know what? I can't stand it. I want to play in Chicago. You know, he would have been requesting a trade to Chicago to go back home at that point in time. And Miami would have had to accept some kind of offer of like Kirk Heinrich and the second round pick or something. You know, not, not that that's what Miami was offering. Right. But, you know, that, that that's like the, the, the discussion was, you know, something along those lines is that that's what Portland Blazers fans thought we were, po you know, posturing was that Miami was, you know, offering what they Pennies were the offering wasn't Damian worth Lillard. what Damian Lillard means to that franchise. We understand that, but what Blazers fans yeah, didn't know—they were never going to get requisite value. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I understand that they looked at the what they got from Boston, and then with getting DeAndre Ayton there, who has had a couple of nice games recently, but has basically been a failure there in Portland. It has not worked out, and and the sort of the the, the rust is starting to show on what that is uh, as an asset. And I don't know that anybody's going to want to pay DeAndre Ayton what he's needs to get paid under this new contract that he signed. And then with Damian Lillard, or before I move on to that, like, okay, you got Malcolm Brogdon back. You you didn't trade him at the deadline, and now he's hurt, and that was weird. Robert Williams hasn't played for you, and he's never going to play a full season for you just because of that's what it is. He's a fine player. I don't know that he's a great asset because of his injury history. So when you trade Robert Williams eventually, like, what are you getting for him? Like, one of those fake protected first-round picks, a couple of seconds? Like, I yeah. think that's what he's probably valued at because you can't trust his health. There's going to be so many red flags. Heck, he might not even like you're going to have to wave his physical probably just to get him. And so, mm. um, yeah, and you get like a couple of first rounders, a couple of pick swaps. Like, great. Like Miami could offer that stuff too. Um, as we reported here, like Miami could have gotten you DeAndre Ayton. They could have facilitated that deal with Phoenix if right. you wanted it that bad. I I don't know. I don't know that when I and then when I asked the question whether or not the Heat won the Damian Lillard trade you look now at what this is how bad the Trailblazers are now and there's a lot going on a lot of their guys have gotten hurt and they're supposed to be bad in the first place they were never supposed to be good this year but they've been bad than they've been worse than I think they even expected to be yes and and, and their their future does not look as bright and Scoot Henderson is a big part of that that has nothing to do with our conversation here but you look at what Milwaukee got with Damian Lillard and how up and down that season has been. And the fact that he's got his second, uh, third lowest field goal percentage overall of his career this year. His second lowest three-point shooting percentage of his career. It hasn't, the chemistry hasn't been there with no. Giannis. And I don't know that you could say Milwaukee is materially better than what they were last year. We all remember Milwaukee losing in the first round of the Miami Heat, but they were the number one seed. That team was a juggernaut. And they were a, a popular finals pick before Jimmy Butler had something to say with about it in that first round. But had they run into any other team in the first round, they'd probably go to the conference finals, right? Like if the maybe. bracket just breaks a different way. And so yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know that this team is materially better. And then you look at the Miami Heat. And we already discussed what they got with Terry Rozier and DeLon Wright at that point guard spot. 
And they didn't have to lose Jaime Jaquez. They didn't have to lose Nikola Jovic. They only lost one first-round pick instead of all of them and all of the swaps and, and whatever else it would have cost to get Damian Lillard and get involved in that trade. Right. And I do wonder in the aggregate, because that's how Trailblazers fans talk about this trade. It's not just what they got from Boston. It's the aggregate. It's everything that they got. Uh, and I'm sorry, from Milwaukee. It's what they got from Milwaukee. It's what they got to Boston, what they got from Phoenix. Okay, we can do the same thing here. In the aggregate, what the Heat did with their roster from not getting Damian Lillard to this to after the trade deadline, I think they won all of the deal-making here. I think they're the winners when you consider everybody at play here, other than, of course, Boston, who ended up with Drew Holiday in the number one seed in the East. But yeah. we're not talking about them. I don't know, man. Like, honestly, I'm just strangely confused at their attitude. Like, that has been something that they've glommed onto in a very bizarre way. Like, they, they felt like they were so slighted in making this petty video and talking about like what a, a what a chore it is to hear the phrase heat culture all the time and everything else. Like, I, I don't think I know Miami fans maybe came on aggressive and maybe even some heat media did as well. I don't think sure. we were a part of that, to be honest with you. I think we were just apparently we were. It. I guess I guess apparently so. we made their uh, their alien brains explode. <laughs> I, don't know what that I still was. think I still think Joe Cronin was full of shit. I still think he could have done <laughs> a better job, you know. Like I, I, I think he could have made. But he his wouldn't settle, David. He had a moleskin yeah, notebook, not. and he wouldn't settle. Yeah, well, I've got my moleskin notebook too, Wes, and it tells me that Miami's got. They've turned into a pretty yep. good team, and it tells uh, me I'm that the Heat are fifth in the East standings right now, and Portland is heading for a lottery pick. Yeah, and a, and a draft that's uh, not projected to be very impactful. So it's good, good luck with a, all of that. Hey, hey, you got to trade for the draft picks, even if the drafts aren't any good and it doesn't matter. Um, thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your podcast app. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.